Hello there, you're listening to the Park Rush Podcast. This is a Think Park Podcast. I'm Tom, joining me as ever is Josh. Hello there. Hello there, Josh. How's it going? Very good, thank you. Yourself? I'm pretty good, Josh. I'm pretty good. I, I come to you here 24 hours after the ultimate crossover of this stupid podcast and my actual job. <laughs> and I feel like when that happens, which is a rare thing, but when it does... Uh, I can't really have too many complaints. That, to me, is representative of a pretty good day in the office and 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 a pretty good way to prepare for the weekend's recording. So, yeah, on that front, I'm pretty good. Other than that, obviously, there's a pandemic on. We're all trapped indoors still, and the news is, for the most part, thoroughly depressing. Oh, that old thing. <laughs> but that old thing, exactly. It, it basically is that old thing. I mean, this week there's been a lot of stuff in the news about how it's one year since the Who uh, said this was, uh, you know, something to be worried about. It's one year since the first case in the UK. It's one year since this other ominous uh, piece of the puzzle came to fruition. And uh, so it's it's had me kind of looking back on the past year quite a lot and thinking... Man, this is uh, this is weird. Like, it's very quickly become... Maybe it says a, more about me and the fact that I didn't get out enough that it's <laughs> maybe not felt quite as dramatically terrible as I think it has for a lot of people. I'm still very much of the mindset of, oh, it cost me a few holidays. Whereas there are plenty of people out there whose very life itself and everything they did outside of work has just been ripped up in front of them whereas it turns out i spent lots of time at home playing video games and watching films anyway and i still do that now yes <laughs> so, that it is what it is i guess we'll dive right in then to the ultimate crossover josh between <laughs> the ultimate crossover and theme parks yes exactly so nintendo like to say that the ultimate crossover is this super smash brothers but i beg to differ it yeah. is in fact when Sky News writes about the London Resort, or theme parks it's in big. general. It's big. Uh, I've had a pretty good run of this, actually. I managed to convince us to do a little bit on the Trump animatronic at <laughs> the Hall of Presidents, although that was only like a post in a live blog, I think, was the most I got out of that. Uh, I didn't uh, uh, but I didn't realise that that animatronic wasn't made in-house. I, I mean, I'm, we probably said that at the time, but I, I don't remember. Um, it was made by... Uh, a third party, the Trump animatronic. Was it made by someone who hates him? Because <laughs> I, I could get that impression from looking at it. Uh, it's not actually very good, is it? No. <laughs> it does not look like him at all. Um, and it is probably the worst, in terms of likeness, yeah. it's probably the worst model in that whole thing. Uh, Biden is, is apparently coming back in-house. Ah, uh. Okay, I think that says a lot. Yeah. Just the Imagineers put their foot down. I'm not, <laughs> I am not making a Trump animatronic. Yeah. All, all one of the Imagineers chance. that's left. Maybe. After yeah, all maybe. of the rest have been sacked. <sighs> yeah. I would watch an episode of the Imagineering story solely dedicated to the uh, the political drama that is the Hall of Presidents. <laughs> that would be good and i think that as a one-off narrated by morgan freeman Ooh. because it would be rude not to yes who uh has previously pl played the president uh, who was the he was the, who was he the president uh, what was he the president in i'm not talking about bruce almighty he was god in that one uh yes i, I know, know trump saw himself as a bit of a god but basically the same thing they right? are different things 
I mean, <laughs> depends on who you talk to, I suppose, which is scary in and of itself. Um, I mean, I couldn't tell you exactly what film he was president in off the top of my head. Um, I could be thinking, oh, I could be misremembering. He might have been acting president. Um, right. I don't know. Speaking of presidents of the past, I, I did actually just want to briefly mention that I watched National Treasure last night and that did weirdly get me feeling nostalgic for theme parks, even though there's nothing really... There's no National Treasure representation in any theme park that I'm aware of. It just kind of has that vibe about it. It, f- it feels a bit like a theme parky film. Like the music and... Just the tone of it, the high adventure spirit. I guess because I guess I just kind of associate those kinds of films with theme parks for some reason. And I guess it was from a similar era of the actual theme park films that Disney were making. Yeah. And is yeah, it, maybe I saw it at Downtown Disney back in the day. That might be why as well. I can't really remember. Is, but that film's great. Is National Treasure Cage in the new National Treasure film where he takes on loads of versions of himself i have no idea what you're talking about um there's a there's a national there's a nicholas cage film where there's like other versions like there's where he is he is in it as nicholas cage but then there are other versions of or like other like roles he has played are also in that film so like connor cage and other what about kick-ass Nick Cage? He might be the best Nick Cage. Uh, maybe. <laughs> don't tell me you've not seen kick-ass. I have, I've, I have seen kick-ass, but I, I don't know whether oh, I, okay. I would you. put that as top Nick Cage. Um, the, um, the Wicker Man is a pretty good Nick Cage. Uh, that is, you're not wrong. Not that is a good Nick Cage. <laughs> Um, I personally like gone in 60 seconds that was me when I got my GCSE results <laughs> oh zing zing anyway um, um, just quickly I've looked up more, oh, yeah. more than Freeman uh, present in two films Angel Has Fallen from 2019 2019 is that is that it that, I swear that film came out Ages ago, that's the Gerard Butler thing. Yeah, is that is not? the third Gerard Butler film in the Olympus Has Fallen franchise. <laughs> <laughs> the first one being uh, an amusing romp, if not a good film. The second and third being bad films, but the third being much better than the second, in my opinion. Okay. Um, he's also played present in Deep Impact from 1998. Right, never heard of that one. Uh, Deep Impact... Uh, was released around the same time as uh, Armageddon. And they okay. were sort of rival films. Right. Um, Armageddon obviously okay, being well. at Walt Disney Studios Paris. Uh, yes, it's gone now though, right? Yes. It was closed when we were there even. They'd already closed it. Yes. What's that turning into? Is, is that turning into Marvel something stuff. Marvel related? Yeah. Hmm. All right, well. So the ultimate crossover then, Josh. Yes. We've teased it out long enough. Uh, big news. Well, I'll tell you what, symbolic news for the London Resort. Yes. They have basically been given permission to do a thing. Uh, they are engaged to be engaged. To get actual permission. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> they need permission to build the theme park. They've got permission to ask for permission. It's basically, <laughs> I think, the step that we are at. So we've talked about it before on here, but, you know, all basically all development projects in the UK require some form of planning permission. If it's something like a housing estate or even something like a school uh, or, you know, a, a shop or whatever, you, you normally just have to go to kind of the local authority for that particular area. But when it's deemed a project of national significance or uh, to use the exact terming, uh, as I will, from this excellent report from Sky News, oh. nationally significant infrastructure project, uh, that means a development consent order is needed, and that's when you're going to need kind of a higher level intervention, i.e. the government. Which means, Josh, uh, that, our, that our dream, I suppose, uh, or our sort of twisted dystopian dream of this being announced, uh, you know, that they've approved it at the end of a coronavirus news briefing... <laughs> Just to distract us, yeah, and and perk us up. Uh, it, could, it could be on. It could be on. This could be a, an actual thing that, oh, that happens. Here we go. Put some money on it. I, I will. Yeah. Um. So yes, they've basically got permission to put the actual planning application in. So they had to submit the planning application to the planning inspectorate. And that was then sort of signed off essentially by the housing secretary, who's the, the secretary of state responsible for projects like this. And now uh, it will have to have like a, a more fully formed kind of public inquiry. And um, that will form part of the actual planning application, I believe. So we're still at a point where you're looking at probably a year to 18 months for approval, depending on how... You know, if, if the government is of a mind maybe to fast track it, then it could come in sooner than that. But that's kind of the, the normal sort of time frame to go from this stage that they're now at as of Friday uh, the 29th uh, to actual approval. And of course, this first theme park, at least, is targeting 2024. So you can kind of, you, you, you could foresee, I, I guess, if if this was on a slightly faster timescale, approval towards the end of this year or, or early next uh, and start work next year and uh, be ready to open two years from then. Does that sound realistic to you? I'm, I'm still, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, yeah, maybe. I, I guess that's realistic um, relatively. Um, I think it's, it's going to be a big ask. Uh, there's a lot of infrastructure work that needs to go on as well with, you know, the A2, uh, which is a local um, motorway in the area, uh, and you know the the junction around there as well. So I don't see I don't see any of that work being done so quickly, considering mm. how long it's going to take them. Uh, they're doing uh, the Blue Water uh, Junction is getting redone at the moment. I assume that's going to take six years, knowing the way we work. Uh, so yeah. Um, they're planning to open that for the end of lockdown. So six years sounds about right. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, uh, if they can get it going, I think there's potential for that to be reasonable. Um, I, but I just have to wait and see, I guess. It's true. We will just have to wait and see. I think in the meantime, though, I mean, obviously we keep saying, and we will get to it, we keep saying we want to check out the check out the multiplayer update for Parkitect. I feel like the London Resort could be a good Parkitect multiplayer project. Sort of <laughs> our vision for the London Resort, based on what we know about it, you know the different lands they've got planned. 
and the maps we've seen, you know, the overhead concept art, we should try and build the London resort for ourselves in Parkitect yeah. as a uh, stream project. What do you say? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Excellent. Uh, I did quite enjoy, just to return to the Sky News report, uh, I did enjoy this line here because it, it was basically just a massive um, slight, I suppose, on the, the typical kind of media coverage you've seen of this theme park over the years. Uh, the ambitious site, which has been dubbed by some as being the UK's version of Disneyland, despite Disney have nothing to do with it, <laughs> will be a 4.6 square kilometre, yada, yada, yada. But yeah, I like that, just throwing shade on all the SEO-hungry tabloids who uh, willy-nilly just headline it every time without fail. UK's answer to Disneyland yeah. uh, is XYZ. Um, I, I will so, uh, like to yeah. throw in something just like a... Uh, a little thing, as we, as I keep joking, that it's going to actually become a housing estate. Um, back uh, kind of around the same time as Universal Studios Orlando was being built, uh, Universal Studios was looking to bring a park to the UK called Udio, Universal Studios London. And it was going to be built on the other side of the Thames in Essex. Um, right. And where is that park? Doesn't exist. But that was uh, technically... Uh, approved but it just never got built mm. i watched an episode of something on this on youtube uh, not that long ago expedition and... theme park that is exactly where i got it from i was about to, yeah oh oh nice yes even thatcher was keen apparently uh, uh, so, so which, again. you know makes me sad really that we never got the the, the brilliant photo op that would have been thatcher on opening day <sighs> posing with bruce the shark or or something of that ilk. Wow, what a, uh, what a dream that would have been. Yeah, there's an alternate reality where that, that did happen. Anyway, um, just briefly as well, I, I did enjoy... So the planning inspector at Twitter account, this is how we caught wind of this, uh, tweeted that we have today accepted the application for the London Resort for examination. Uh, this is the first business and commercial nationally significant infrastructure project with that which they've hashtagged nsip i'm sure it's trending <laughs> to be examined under the planning act 2008 process bloody bloody blah, blah they attached a map um with the proposed site highlighted and um, basically i wanted to just touch on this because we've got the full range of typical replies that i have seen in the comment section of local newspapers for the past 10 years uh great get it done uh, what a waste of time and money. One way in, one way out equals gridlock. As for traffic ain't bad enough at the Dartford Crossing, <laughs> eyes rolly emojis, a theme park in an age of masks, social distancing and people viewing their fellow man as a walking biohazard, <laughs> bound to be a success. Uh, oh dear. Oh, and then of course the classic. Great to see how you completely ignored the local residents. Have you been to Bluewater on a weekend? Traffic is absolutely chaotic. And the A2 and the M25 and the Dartford Bridge. So yeah, people uh, are buzzing. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong about the traffic, to be fair. Uh, there is a. So I'm on the London Results retweet of that article, and the top. Uh, comment is local residents aren't too happy but i guess you don't care what they think it's like well actually they did put out a public 
um, forum for locals and most people that replied were in favour of it. So, you know, you shouting at other like-minded people on Facebook don't really count. No, exactly. That's the thing. Everyone's got their own little echo chamber these days. And just because everyone's echo chamber has been able to get bigger than it was before the internet, because they're now in private Facebook groups and whatever, doesn't change the fact that it's an echo chamber and that it's rare that your echo chamber is particularly representative of wider society. Yeah, this, this guy actually... Uh, and, uh, and there are posted some pluses and minuses to that, you know. You, anyway, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, this guy actually posted some screenshots from uh, his Facebook post. Um, of the comments and it's like sad but that is how life is woods were taken and built on DRG sacks gone and built on quarries gone and built on and loads more this is how this change the young generation will love it it's like quarries gone and built on what you want stone quarries do you want to live next to stone quarries still is that (laughs) that sounds like a terrible place uh, to live it does maybe he's a troll this guy Uh, like like an actual troll like a fantasy like a fairy tale troll um, I guess they would be maybe into quarries. I don't know. Big fan anyway. of quarries. Big fan of quarries. Absolutely. Well, uh, that's it. That's the London Resort. Uh, I guess we stop talking about it now. I guess it's just, you know, that's that. It's done. It's going to happen, Josh. We can just ignore it. Brilliant. It's in the cat. I'm excited. Mailed on. Yeah, I, I must admit, I never thought this day would come. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I'll be interested to see how it goes from this point onwards. Yeah. We anyway. Sh- maybe we can try and get PY on this year. Oh, yes. That was the, the last That was the last thing, actually. Uh, hearing, because uh, I, I pitched the story that we should do, that we should do it at work yesterday. And um, yes, it sort of prompted discussion in the newsroom about PY. And people seem to remember him. Uh, because uh, somebody somebody wrongly said, was he the, I can't remember. They said he was like, oh, he was the X guy. And, you know, X being a project of some significance. I can't remember what it was that the person said originally, but then someone corrected them and said, no, no, he was the dome guy, the Millennium Dome guy. And I was like, wait, hang on, what? Is he like renowned or something? People know this guy properly well outside <laughs> my weird nerdy podcast circles. <laughs> Apparently so. So there we are. PY has some clout in huh. in newsrooms. Who knew? Interesting. So maybe he'll end up on Sky, Josh. I'm, I might. He might be a bit above my. Be above the pay grade of this here podcast. Yeah. Just skip the middleman and go straight to my actual employer. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! I know, right? Anyway, uh, sticking with my employer, it turns out we also did some. Disney World coverage this week. This is truly unprecedented. We've done two theme park stories in the space of a week. Uh, This one here was uh, Disney to update Jungle Cruise Ride after racism allegations. I'll just read this. I'm curious. I'll just read this. We'll see how the mainstream media cover such things. Disney has said it's updating its Jungle Cruise Ride at theme parks in the US following allegations of racism. The scenic and comedic boat tour, which takes passengers on a trip taking in exotic rivers across Asia, Africa and South America, has been accused of including offensive depictions of indigenous people. White characters featured in the attraction reportedly referred to savages. It will now be updated at Disneyland Resorts in Florida and California. 
there's a factual error there. It's actually not a Disneyland resort in Florida. Oh. Anyway, I wasn't on this day, so I'll take no responsibility for this. Uh, to reflect and value the diversity of the world around us. The updated version will include an animated skipper and a wrecked ship boarded by chimps, Disney said. Uh, bloody, bloody, blah. We've got some quotes from an Imagineer here telling, you know, telling us how important it is to reflect modern values and modern society in, in, in our rides. Uh, and then, yeah, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and of course, some background to this as well. Like Disney have have been quite on top of making changes to previous works with some uh, insensitive cultural depictions, uh, whether it's like adding notes to stuff on Disney Plus to say, hey, this is... Uh, what's the what's the what's the one that was it wasn't Disney was it but it I was, remember um, you bringing one up once Looney before Tunes. Tom and Jerry that had a had a particular oh maybe it was Looney Tunes that had a particularly I thought like well written yeah disclaimer I guess um, at the at the top of their shows I think it's uh, it was uh, like something like oh this was wrong then and it's obviously wrong now yada yada yada. Yes, uh, but of course we we've already had the news this year. Was it? No, was it last year? I can't remember. Time uh, is broken. Uh, but obviously, yeah. Splash Mountain, which um, is based on a film with plenty of um, questionable uh, cultural and racial depictions in it as well. Um, Splash Mountain, of course, being changed to uh, Princess and the Frog at some point. We don't know when exactly that's going to happen, but that's something on Disney's itinerary also. Uh, yeah, but, so Tom and Jerry does also sport uh, a similar message. Right. But I remember Looney Tunes has been uh, doing it for quite some time now. What do you make of this Jungle Cruise news then, Josh? Are you at all concerned by the the fact that they're going to introduce an animatronic skippers? Is this the beginning of the end for the live skipper? It uh, seems. Well, to be fair, I didn't realise that it, the there was racial... Um, allegations uh, related to this change. I thought it was just a change based around the, uh, you know, the film, the upcoming film. Um, so that, that puts an interesting spin on it. I guess, uh, you know, the, the, the local, uh, the local, um, they're not locals, are they? The um, explorers are of, are meant to be of an era where they were inherently racist, right? So, uh, mm. Calling the local savages kind of makes sense in that environment, but you can't. It's kind of hard to put a pre-warning message on a ride in a theme park. So I can kind of, I kind of get that. Um, certainly yeah. with the, the change to would be, skipper would Mountain. have to be like, "Hey, by the way, I've been transported here from the 1930s, and I'm about to say things that you shouldn't say now." Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So uh, in that regard, I think uh, it makes sense. Um, In terms of the skippers, I'm not sure. I think that, well, I think that there's an intrinsic value to the Jungle Cruise that comes from the skipper on the boat that you're on. Mm. Um, Without that being a real person, that ride is basically meaningless. Mm. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, but I think making jokes at you know an, an animatronic skipper that is in the water kind of uh, could work. Um, yeah, yeah. I just hope hopefully they don't 
make the actual skipper an animatronic moving forward. You know, I don't yeah. want it to become like the, uh, you know, like the King Kong ride at Universal, for example. I mean, obviously that would be impractical for that for that to have ever been a real person, but. It's an example of how, you know, having an animatronic guide through a ride like that just that wouldn't work as well. Like, can you imagine if back in the day before it had been closed, the great movie ride had got rid of its live actors and replaced them all with animatronics? That would have been lame, so... Yeah, or uh, Jaws. Or Jaws, yeah, that that was another good one. So hopefully they don't go this route with Jungle Cruise, but... Yeah, I think the thing that will, you know, obviously it's a classic ride, but they've got the film, or meant to have the film coming out now this year. I am increasingly sceptical about cinemas returning to normal this year, to be honest. So we'll have to wait and see whether that actually comes out or if it's a straight to Disney Plus thing or if it gets delayed again. Yeah, same. But obviously that's a uh, the ride is a marketing tool for the film the film can be a marketing tool for the ride so i think that shows that you know the ride is a part of disney's long-term thinking it's not something that is on the chopping block because of these changes so yeah that's, very much so. that's encouraging at least yeah absolutely and obviously i think disney now with all of the um johnny depp stuff feels like the jungle cruise might be its next pirates of the caribbean if you will. So uh, I think yeah, there's maybe. potential just, for long-term support of the ride. Yeah, that would be nice. I guess it just depends how many kids' jungle films Dwayne Johnson wants to do. <laughs> <laughs> All He's of them. He's already trapped in Jumanji, obviously. Yeah, Jumanji, he wants to do Jungle Cruise. What else could he do? They could bring back George of the Jungle, starring Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. The, the, rock, the rock of the Jungle. Through. The Rock of the Jungle, nice, yeah. Obviously, he was in uh, The Rock. Oh, he was. Uh, not, uh, what was it called? Welcome to the Jungle, sorry. I, I always called it The Rock, but it's called Welcome to the Jungle. Welcome. Was that not just Jumanji? I thought Jumanji 1 was subtitled Welcome to the Jungle. No, Welcome to the Jungle is, I'm pretty sure it's The Rock and uh, Stifler from the... Uh, I thought Jumanji 1 was technically subtitled Welcome to the Jungle because then Jumanji 2 is called The Next Level. But obviously, you know, everyone just calls them Jumanji and Jumanji 2. Yeah. But I I might be wrong. I can't remember what film it's called. Um, Alas. Maybe it was called The Rock. I thought it was called Welcome to the Jungle. Oh, well. Um, Now, something you're going to have to take me through, Josh, another item from the week, some social media controversy. First of all, people get angry about the uh, Mexico boat ride at Epcot with the three caballeros. Oh, God, uh, yeah. A ride that I have only done once, and so I'm not very intimately familiar with it. It was on a not great day to be at Epcot, to be honest. The weather was terrible. We'd rocked up halfway through the day. It wasn't the optimum Epcot experience, so that didn't help, but yes, uh, more more so to do with the fact that I've only done it once. I don't have a huge amount of reverence for it and don't remember a whole lot about it. But people were angry about something to do with that ride, and then Universal got involved with some uh, beef, as the kids call it. Some sass. Or throwing some shade yeah. or some sass. Uh, take me through it, Josh, from the top. Why are people angry about the three caballeros? And then what did Universal do? 
and um, what's going on? Has a uh, has an incident been declared? Uh, well, I guess first and foremost, uh, people are for a long running time annoyed by certain updates to the Epcot World Showcase. Um, you know, Frozen particularly was uh, not well liked by many Epcot fans because of obviously the changes getting rid of the original Norway ride um, to be replaced by Frozen. It feels like it's changing the point of World Showcase for some people. Um, mm. And the Three Caballeros ride is in Mexico and is meant to showcase uh, various elements of uh, Mexican life, uh, but alongside Donald uh, and his South American friends. Um, uh, from Saludos Amigos, I believe, is the original uh, short um, from during World War II. Um, and at the end of the ride, there are three animatronics. Uh, Donald animatronic and his two friends, um, which I can never remember their names, unfortunately, but they're, um, but they're all animatronics and they used to, you know, move about. And there's a song throughout the whole thing and they play guitar and... Uh, maracas and shot some guns off and that sort of thing. Um, they've been replaced. The animatronics, the thing that Disney are most known for, I think, uh, in terms of uh, ride, uh, in, you know, creations, is audio animatronics, and they've been replaced on this ride with three cardboard cutouts. <laughs> uh, they don't. They don't move. They're, they're, there's no like 3D effect to them. They're completely flat paintings. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of mad. The, it came about because uh, Donald Duck, the Donald Duck animatronic broke. Um, and so instead of right. fixing him, uh, just get rid of them all, replace them with a couple cutouts. The nuclear option, yes. one might say. Um, Are they at least uh, recyclable? Trying to find a trying to find a, a positive silver, spin on this. A silver lining. That they um, could, can you imagine a Disney press release about this move? We're delighted to announce that we have cut our carbon footprint significantly by removing the electronically powered animatronics of Donald and his friends with more sustainable, uh, eco-friendly, recyclable interpretations of those beloved characters. <laughs> God, they should hire me, right? I've just yeah. spun a press release off the top of my head. <laughs> it's like it's like the way Apple manages to convince you that taking stuff out of the iPhone box is uh, is great for you because it's great for the environment. And it's like, I mean, I guess, but also this is embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just take it out and acknowledge why you've done it in an honest fashion. You don't have to spin everything as being... Something that we should like, just completely love and respect. It's uh, anyway going off on a tangent or a risk of doing so. Yeah, uh, um, I guess. Yeah. And then, so the thing is, uh, so one of the things I've seen is someone put a strobe being strobe lighting effect over the top of the video. Um, so it's much like <laughs> no. the uh, Yeti at uh, Animal Kingdom on the yeah. Everest ride. Um, yeah, does does make it look better. I have to admit. <laughs> Does anyone um, just put up a big screen? Donald uh, on a TV. That's the thing. Behind the curtains, there was a. There used to be a screen. So uh, 
which had, you know, video on it. So people were wondering why they didn't just go back to that. Uh, Mm. But alas, no. Um, These (laughs) three cardboard cutouts, it's just ridiculous. I really like this ride. I really like this ride mainly because of the music. Um, But seeing the animatronics at the end was always good fun. Um, And it's another cost-cutting measure, right? Uh, Like I mentioned earlier, a lot of uh, Imagineers have been laid off, unfortunately. Um, so there's not enough of them to work on everything that needs working on. And so this was the easiest yeah. solution to this problem. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> funny enough, I actually kind of link it to this whole GameStop nonsense that's going on right now. You know, everything's intrinsically okay, how linked. how do you do this? I am Every- intrigued. <laughs> everything is intrinsically linked to stock prices. Um and you know Disney's stock price means that uh, with everything that's going on, they're losing money, um, and so they can't afford to keep staff on and that sort of thing. So they have to try and keep their margins up as much as possible so that their investors uh, are you know well supported. And obviously, that's ba- all purely based on stock price. Um, if their stock price dips, then people look at the company less favorably than if their stock price rises so it's all about trying to keep that stock price going up and up and up um and obviously find like financially that's really good for people that invest in the firm but it's not good for people that one want to enjoy the park or two work at the park because they're the ones that get laid off um and this stock price thing is the same thing with the complete nonsense that's going on with the GameStop thing um that the stock market is kind of broken um, and kind of ruins things. You've, you've just given me an absolute sort of dream option for a misleading SEO-fueled episode title. How GameStop is representative of the financial woes of Disney and the decision to take Donald Duck out of Epcot, plus news on UK's Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> People uh, will click on that. Yeah, it's unfortunately, it's true. In an but... SEO title. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've spoken so much over the past year or so about how the narrative around Disney during this pandemic has repeatedly been, consistently been, they're cutting things, uh, they're cutting corners, they're, they're cutting things from rides, they're trying to save money. And it's kind of, it must be quite demoralizing for for fans i mean obviously i'm i'm a fan of disney uh, disney's theme parks and of theme parks generally but like the proper hardcore disney fans you know they must be particularly disappointed to see this kind of thing happen especially if they go more regularly because i think you will get a better sense of the things that are changing and the things that are being taken away you know the next time i go whenever that might be there will have been you know let's say it's next year at the earliest there will have been three years between my florida visits and and it would have been you know four five six seven eight years in some cases since i was last at any one of these four disney theme parks in florida so there will be changes that have been made positive and negative um you know, it's probably more likely that it's only really the big significant ones that I would notice, whereas a relatively minor change for someone who only goes every few years being Donald is now a cardboard cutout instead of a robot. 
it might not be something that immediately strikes me but for someone who is going every day or every weekend or something like that all these relatively minor changes are going to add up over the course of their visits and it's probably quite sad to see happen in almost real time yeah for sure and you know I, I, I get you know some people might say we're being too hard on Disney they do have new rides coming Ratatouille shouldn't be too far away and then slightly longer term you've got Guardians of the Galaxy and you've got Tron hopefully one day and of course the narrative would surely be very different if the pandemic had never happened because they would have just been coming off finishing Galaxy's Edge essentially because Rise of the Resistance was not that old when everything went to hell and obviously Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway at Hollywood Studios was two weeks old or something like that so we shouldn't forget those things either but I think certainly it's true that the narrative around Disney during this pandemic has been one of cuts and negative changes whether it's been laying people off which is you know uh, far more significant than just making a, a change to a ride I mean when you're talking about people's jobs but I guess this yeah. is a consequence of what they've done to people's jobs as you say they've cut Imagineers, Imagineering staff and the manpower might just not be there anymore to prioritise fixing an old Donald Duck robot Yeah, um, so they've that's where you see them taking easy, cheaper options like this. Um, yeah. yeah, it's difficult to know when things would change. But I, more more importantly, Josh, what was the shade that was thrown by Universal? Yes, yeah, so have an excellent Twitter feed, I might, I might add. The Universal Orlando specifically Twitter feed is very fun and engages with its fans. I mean, they've repeatedly tried to help me with uh, with cookie related problems so i have huge respect for the admin team of that particular account yeah absolutely they, they are ha do certainly have a very good um twitter feed like you say uh so inside mm. universal which is i guess like a um third party unofficial news source for universal stuff um put up a picture and tweeted at Universal Orlando Resort, the official Universal Orlando Twitter handle, um, the uh, framework that usually holds up Bruce the Shark from Jaws um, mm. and with the uh, saying, where is Bruce? Um, right. <laughs> and Universal Orlando Resort replied uh, with a picture that says they're all fixed and uh photoshopped in a cardboard cutout of Bruce hanging from the frame <laughs> so is Bruce actually gone at the moment has Bruce been taken away for a clean or something and uh, yes I guess or, so or was, or, right I, I guess you know I don't know really how photo ops are work I mean I, I know like character meet and greets are happening on a socially distanced basis at the moment but what, what what's What's the case with sort of photo ops like Bruce, where people would traditionally go right up to him and like stick their head in his mouth and stuff? I don't know if there are any, is it, if there's anything in place to prevent people from doing that, or if they are just accepting of like the fact that people might still be doing stuff like that, despite it being very unwise, obviously right now, and so they just have to take him away for more regular cleans. I don't, I don't know, but no, that was funny though to see that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see um, the cardboard cutout picture. I'm not sure they've uh, they've put some more barriers down that way than I have regularly seen in the past. Um, so I don't know whether it's currently blocked off and you can only view it from the shop that's next to it, 
Um, right. But no, another, yeah. another funny they could have pulled was maybe photoshopping the Donald Duck cardboard cut out into Men in Black and putting a little red target on it. Oh, <laughs> that would be so good. Yeah. By the way, actually, I listened to a very interesting podcast this week that I highly recommend, the Park Stop podcast. I think it was from a week, maybe two weeks ago, uh, where they interviewed one of the sort of creative heads of the Men in Black alien attack ride. And it was really interesting how that ride got made and some secrets as well that still stand to this day and some fun tips on how to get good scores and stuff like that. Oh, cool. Uh, So I, I recommend... Giving that a listen if you haven't already. Um, uh, I just wanted just to kind of round us out here. I think we've hit kind of the three big stories of the week. Yep. Uh, I just wanted to round out a few like news in brief points. Um, you've got a couple, um, two for me, just to briefly mention. Universal have said that the uh, Velocicoaster coming to Islands of Adventure uh, will open in just a few months. They've always, you know, they've said summer 2021 for a while, so it seems like that is still very much the plan. Uh, but we will get an, a specific opening date, and I quote, soon. So we'll see. It seems like progress has really picked up again on that. I mean, the track's been kind of done for a while, but they've been testing it with actual humans on it over the past week. More uh, decorative stuff has been going up. Models of raptors. I think the ride entrance is now up as well. So they're making quick progress and it had, and and obviously with them testing it with people on it, it had got people thinking whether an opening might be set for sooner than summer or at least a soft opening. It seems like they are going to still try and stick to that summer date, although they're not tied to a film anymore. There was a point where the summer date would have tied in with the third Jurassic World film, but that's now been delayed until next year because of coronavirus. So... There's no reason necessarily for the ride to wait until summer, especially because they're probably not going to have their traditionally busy tourist-driven summer either. Mm. So it may well be that they end up opening it sooner than expected, but right now they're still being relatively vague about it. But yeah, very excited to see uh, them testing it with people on it. And I'm looking forward to watching the all the POV videos when they eventually start to come out. Yeah, should be good. And then in uh, some rare positive news for theme parks in California, which have been arguably the hardest hit in the US, just in terms of not being able to reopen at all. We've seen some limited opportunities for them to reopen in some uh, aspects, like Disneyland being able to open a little bit of downtown Disney towards the back end of last year. And and now SeaWorld San Diego is going to be allowed from uh, February 6th to reopen uh, purely as a zoo. So uh, some of their animal exhibits and shows will be allowed to run, and uh, but but no rides, and um, we, rem- we we wait and see exactly how this will be reflected in admission prices. Whether those are going to change, one would imagine they will. They are doing advanced reservations for past members, and um, okay. for the dates that f- f- from the dates that they will be allowed to open as a zoo. But, of course, this is going to be a far from normal experience, not just because the rides are closed, but also because it's still going to be limited capacity. Obviously, masks are going to be enforced, etc. So, yeah, it's not going to be a normal SeaWorld day out, but it is at least something, I suppose. Yeah, for sure. And uh, the US slowly but surely uh, will hopefully be getting on top of the virus over the next few months. They're doing fairly well on the vaccine front much like the UK. So hopefully that's the way out of this that they need. 
Josh, over to you. Yeah, sure. Uh, so a couple of things. Um, back to the Universal stuff a little bit, actually. Uh, the Universal theme parks have uh, returned to break even for the first time in a while uh, in the full quarter of 2020, uh, which is good to hear. Um, especially with, you know, obviously reduced capacity at Orlando, uh, in Japan, um, and with Hollywood being closed. Um, obviously, this doesn't include the Beijing construction stuff, um, but it would include like stuff like the Velocicoaster and that sort of thing. So it's really good to see that even in a pandemic, uh, they've been able to reach break even. Uh, How this, how's their stock trading on Robin Hood, though? Oh, that's, uh, that's a good question. I don't know. No, me neither. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, I, like I said before, I think Universal are having a better pandemic <laughs> than Disney, and I think that continues to be the case. Yeah, for so, sure. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, we have Bush Gardens Williamsburg, which I have been to, uh, is going to year-round operation. Uh, it was it used to be seasonal. It's going to uh, year-round, which is uh, really cool to see. Um I really liked it. It's a really good, good, really good fun park uh, if you're around that way. Um, and finally, for me, uh, Legoland Florida um, is putting a roof over its mini land. Uh, so it'll be very similar to um, Legoland Dubai. Um, obviously, uh, the sun uh, bleaches the parts quite quickly. Um, so mm. it's fine to put mini land out in, this, in the elements in the UK. Because uh, our sun is not very strong usually, um, but in the summer uh, in Orlando and obviously in Dubai, putting a roof over it means that th- uh, the structures will last a lot longer um, and will be easier to you know stand around and try and see all the different bits and bobs going on. Which is so that's cool to see. Yes, for sure. Obviously, Dubai has been a hotspot for these influencers, apparently, over the last oh, yeah. it's a while. It was for a, for, a, for a time, it was one of the few places, few attractive places. Uh, well, I, I don't particularly care for Dubai. I went there once, and maybe it's just because I'm not attractive enough to have a fancy Instagram feed, but I <laughs> didn't really get much out of my time there. I didn't care for it, really, but... It is a popular destination for a lot of people and uh, until recently had been one of the few places you could kind of go from the UK, but they're sort of cracking down on that now. Uh, But yeah, I I don't think any of the influencers are necessarily going to Dubai to go to Legoland, but it's good news for for families, I suppose. Um, Yes. Anyway, that'll do it for the Park Rush podcast this week. Unless you have anything else to add, Josh. Well, that's it this week. Excellent. Well, you can keep up in the week, of course, on Twitter at Park Rush Podcast. You can email us, podcast at parkrush.com. And you can find us on Twitch if we ever get around to doing that again. <laughs> Twitch.tv slash parkrush. You can find the show at parkrush.com, the show notes at joshualawrence.info. And also you can subscribe on your preferred podcasting app. Continue to stay safe, everybody, and stay indoors if you can. I'll see you next week. Goodbye. See ya.